Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 21. Well, hello everyone. It's your friendly neighborhood Nate here and I am excited for today's episode because today we get to talk about making better, more engaging videos. Now, right off what the heck does that even mean, really? When was the last time you paused and said, hey, I'm making uh, videos, oh, and they need to be more engaging? <laughs> I don't know. For me, at least, it feels like a term that we just throw out there all the time. We just say, hey, I just got to make more engaging videos. So I took a little, I took a moment to say, look, let's talk about this because I'm going to talk about two very simple techniques that I have been picking up on recently, and they have increased my ability to produce videos um, higher quality and faster. So I'm going to share them with you. This is not in the Project 24 YouTube system as of yet, but I wanted to, like the purpose of this podcast, I wanted to share it with you right now. Okay. But first, what is, what is it, what's an engaging video? So when, when someone watches a video, there's the content of the video, whether it's the information, the stories, the experiences, uh, the, the, the uh, music, um, the gaming, the, the art, whatever it is you're sharing, that's the content of the video. And then there's the delivery of the content. And both of those combined create the experience for the viewer, okay? Now, this is important to say because what we're gonna talk about today are two simple techniques or hacks to to improve the delivery of the content, specifically in the uh, the editing, in, in the recording, and in the editing. Okay, now these are very very simple. They're not crazy advanced techniques, and that's very on purpose because I want them to be accessible to you wherever you are. And in fact, if you have any form of creating videos, you can use both or one or both of these techniques. So the first one is adding a secondary camera when you are recording. This usually, I mean, obviously applies if you're showing your face and it doesn't matter if you are, I mean, it, it greatly applies. I've been using this on channel makers. It greatly applies when you're doing uh, talking head videos. But regardless, if you have a camera on you or on something, some subject that you're recording while you're making videos, adding a secondary camera. Now that's, it sounds obvious, but there are, it's not as obvious. It took me longer than I'd like to admit to realize how to best do this, the secondary camera here, okay? So um, first of all, I, I let me just tell you, take on a little story here. First of all, I thought, okay, Look, one camera is okay. I'm going to talk to the camera. That's great. But if I want to have a more transitions, more different uh, camera angles, then I'll just put another camera in the same location. And I will, for some parts of my video, I'll talk to one camera. And other parts of my video, I'll talk to another camera. And that worked fairly well. The issues I came across there were it was often hard to have the same or similar looking lighting from two different cameras. Unless I had them very close together and uh, you know the, the same lighting setup on my face, for example, it was hard to keep, it, uh, keep the continuity between the two camera angles. And if they were too close together, the two cameras, the two recording devices, then they almost look too similar to even be worth it. <laughs> uh, so that was one. So I tried, okay, so on one side, I'm going to have a camera and I'm going to talk to it over here. And then another side, talk to it over here. But like I said, that created the issue of different um, lighting. That was one of the biggest issues, actually. The different look, different lighting. And I didn't like how it felt like there was a discontinuation. 
The ways that it did work was I often in the past used it as almost like an aside camera where I kept both of them rolling at the same time. And I said, and if there was some sort of funny aside I was going to say or insider tip, I would say it to the secondary camera. And then it kind of worked to have it look very different than the primary camera. Um, but I still didn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of that. Now, as before we go on and say like, okay, well, do I need two full dedicated full-fledged cameras to be able to do even do two cameras, Nate? Uh, I would say no. And in fact, in many cases, you're able to just use a phone. If your phone's your primary, just borrow someone else's phone and use that. Or if you have a primary, maybe higher quality camera, use your phone as your secondary camera. It's just fine, okay? Now, the next level was okay, what if I have a secondary camera that's just at a different angle, but I just don't even really worry about it, and it's kind of, it's still on my face, it's still showing what I'm doing, but it felt weird. There was something about it that felt weird for YouTube. It felt more cinematic, like all this, I'm talking to you, if you can picture a video, I'm talking to you, we have eye contact, I'm staring into the lens, and then all of a sudden we switch to another one where it's also me talking, but it's a fairly similar uh, camera angle, but all of a sudden I'm looking off to the side. It just didn't really feel like uh, good for YouTube to me. And I would, for the longest time I was trying to figure out, okay, so is that just impossible for, I'm, I realize I'm talking a lot about talking head cameras here, but there is applicability to other styles of videos. Well, I'm gonna keep the examples on talking head videos here um, for purposes of this. So I was asking myself, well, what would that really look like until I was watching a video on YouTube where someone had their primary camera and then a secondary camera that was spaced back a few paces, similar angle. It wasn't behind the person, although that does work, but it was paced back a few spaces so you could see them recording themselves. And it clicked for me. I realized, oh my goodness, a secondary camera needs to have a separate frame for it to work. It, it can't feel like it's the same frame. It also can't feel like the, the odd two camera with different lighting thing. We need to have a separate frame on myself or on yourself in order for it to look good. And so I've been experimenting with adding one off to the side. Let's say I'm, I'm holding notes uh, or my phone in my hand and I have a camera that's showing me recording myself and some lighting and my notes or it's behind, the, maybe it's obscured partially by a lighting post, and maybe you can see my computer in the frame. Uh, I've been experimenting with all those types of angles in producing the videos, and the result has been much, much better. Now, the cool thing here is when you set up these two cameras, you have two feeds to pull from when you're editing. We're gonna talk more about editing here in a moment. But because you have two feeds to pull from, it inherently makes, it, it does a few things for you, this type of setup. It's got the two feeds to pull from, right? The, the two recordings to pull from so that you can, when let's say you do a larger gesture and it makes sense to pull back to the other camera so they can the audience can now see you doing that larger gesture that you wouldn't have seen with the primary camera. Or let's say you make an aside or a, a more of a joke or you're demonstrating something, you're able to pull back and see that happening. It's I found it's been extremely helpful to add the, that extra layer of delivery of content uh, to make it so it's just a more interesting visual style overall. Now, applying this to different channel 
types, you can, it's fairly intuitive, especially if you're doing, if you were doing a woodworking channel, for example, you'd have one um, on, on you and the project and then another one on the project. That one's a bit more intuitive. I think the breakthrough here for me was I can do a similar thing. You can do a similar thing with a talking head style. If you're, if it's just information based, for example, or you're sharing skills, that type of thing, try adding another camera and pulling it back out of the frame a bit. And so you can see the location because the other thing that does for you is it makes you more human. If people can see the framing or the situation that you're in when you're recording, when you're making something for them, it's almost like you see a bit of the behind the scenes and that naturally adds more connection. Even if, you're, if your channel isn't a primarily connection archetype, having more connection is almost always a valuable thing because it makes you more human, it makes you more relatable, it makes you more trustworthy, all of those things that we want um, to, to, to just build a good audience on YouTube. Okay, so we've got secondary camera here. Now let's talk about a simple trick. That this is the second thing here for editing. This is going to be a similar vein uh, primarily because a lot of the videos I'm making right now are talking head. Uh, is the So I'm going to apply the examples to talking head. Uh, the principles apply to a variety of different styles of channels or video types. This one is remarkably simple but I am always blown away by how well it works, okay? And that is, you, when you record, picture in your mind with me, um, you have your frame that you're recording in. You're, let's say it's a talking head video. Your face is in the frame, right? Your camera is picking up this rectangle of space. That's the recording frame, okay? Now, when you record, try moving it back just slightly. So move your camera back just slightly. If you normally keep your face in a certain location within the frame, you've got your certain amount of a little bit of head space above your head, uh, you move the camera back just a little bit more so you have a little bit more frame. And then what that allows you to do is when you're editing, you can do cut-ins. You can jump in a little bit, scale. It's called scaling. You can scale it to, if 100% is the entire frame, you can scale it to 110%. Move in when you're saying a sentence and then move out to back to 100%. Um, another sentence could be 120% scale or, a, or maybe 160% scale. That means you've zoomed in a, a, a larger amount into that frame and then you can move to the side or you can just focus on your mouth or you can just focus on the top of your head. These are bizarre ideas, but if you're not sure what I'm talking about, watch some of my more recent videos on channel makers. I have been using this technique and it has been working remarkably well. It blows me away. It's so, so simple, but it increases the engagement dramatically. There's something about it. Now, I do need to speak here a moment. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to speak to that here. <laughs> okay. The the concern about jump cuts, because it's similar to, if you're not familiar with the term jump cuts, it's where you uh, cut out all of the ums and ahs, but also taking a breath or spaces. And so if you've ever watched a video where they are, it's almost like they never pause to take a breath. That's what's called a jump cut. Now, there's preferences here. <laughs> I know some of you listening here, uh, jump cuts are not your favorite thing. Here's why people do jump cuts, and it's okay. You don't have to do jump cuts in your videos. But here's why people use them. It increases engagement. It feels like it, it forces people to stay watching. It's the same thing as like a fast-paced. Without long pauses, people mentally, they're forced. It's not forced, but they 
they're encouraged to stay engaged with what you're saying or what's being delivered in the video. That's why they work. Because even though natural conversation, I can pause, I can take a breath, that's normal human behavior. On YouTube and on online video, a lot of the trends are going towards shorter form content. And so with jump cuts, it feels like they're wasting less time of my time when I'm watching something. That's why people use jump cuts and that's why it increases engagement. So this scaling concept of jumping around, you know, it's, I call it jumping around, but scaling in 110%, 120%, moving to a slightly different frame. Maybe your face is in just the corner of the frame for one of them. Uh, that is a similar format and has a similar effect to jump cuts. And I found it works best when you, uh, when you use it with simultaneous with a jump cut. So a new sentence, it works best with that, a new sentence or a new idea or to emphasize an idea that you are sharing. Okay. So that's the technique. It's blowing me away because of how simple it is. It takes a little time with your editing, but when we're speaking in terms of as much as you or I would love to have something totally brand new happening every three seconds in every video, in many cases, that's not a possibility. In terms of brand new camera angle, brand new content, you know, I was at my computer and now I'm walking and then now I'm sitting in my living room. Like uh, that's what I'm talking about in brand new situations, brand new content every three or to five seconds. As much as we would like to have that happening, that's not always realistic. But what we can do is we can have new camera or scale going on with the frame that we already have. Okay. I hope, that, I hope that's making sense for you. So it's not that you, even then, it's not that you have to be changing the scale every three seconds. In fact, that might, <laughs> that might make people sick. <laughs> if every three seconds you were, uh, you know, 100%, then 120%, then 150%, then back to 100%, that might make people sick. I'm not saying that. But what it does do is it does add another layer of interest. And if every 10 seconds or so, you've got something new happening with the frame of the recording that you're doing, even with a single camera, it adds a lot of interest, okay? So uh, th th here's my invitation for you to, if you haven't already been testing these out, give it a go, give it a try. If you're very brand new, you're starting out, don't worry too much about this, but bookmark this uh, episode and come back and listen to it in the future because this is going to make sense for you. And it makes it so you can make more interesting videos with less resources. Ah, oh, man, I, this is why it's so cool to me right now because with something as simple as a secondary camera, an, an old phone, as long as the resolution is good, if it's, you know, if it's, it's okay if it's not the most brand new phone model. Uh, so two cameras, secondary camera, showing a bit more of the frame, you combine that with scaling back a little bit or moving your camera back, your primary camera back a little bit so you can have a, a bit more to work with and zoom in, zoom out, do that scaling that I was talking about. Those two things alone will make your videos feel more professional and more interesting. They'll be more engaging because of that delivery element I was talking about at the beginning. Now, I do need to speak here to a moment of what types of channels this will work with. It's not going to be for everybody. And if you try it out, if you, well, first of all, if you haven't tried either of those two things, I strongly invite you to do it. Even if you have a well-established channel and you're listening to this, I strongly invite you to try it out. Try it for several videos, maybe 10 videos. You try these things and see if you like it. And also kind of 
clue in on what the audience is in liking versus not liking. Watch the analytics and potentially, depending on the relationship with the, that you have with your audience, you can ask them after a few videos, um, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of the style? Get some real-time feedback on what they think of the style. What I have found is it's often imperceptible and people don't even notice it until you point it out, which is actually a good thing. <laughs> uh, if the editing is not, if, if people are not noticing it, it's not jarring people, you know, that's the, that's the worst side of the spectrum. But if they're not realizing it's going on, that's often a good thing. So test it out. Now, if you, like I said, if you're brand new, maybe hold off a little while until you've got your feet under you with producing videos, you know how to record a video, you know how to be on camera, all of that, right? But when we're, when you're looking to upscale your level of production quality, this is a simple way that almost costs zero. If you already have a camera and maybe another camera just lying around and you already have an editing software of some sort, it literally costs nothing. It takes a little bit of time in the editing and, you know, you got to set up your secondary camera. It takes a little bit of extra time, but it adds, in my experience at least, the layer of quality that it adds to a video outweighs the amount of time that it takes to do it. So there's my invitation for you. Go try that out. And like I said, it, for the style of channel, if you decide after doing it for several videos, it's just not for you, that is just fine. I won't be offended. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but really, really, you, you won't offend me. And it does work better with certain styles of channel than others. But I mean... I could, man, I, I could give examples right now. Let's say I have a gaming channel and I have the footage that I'm capturing of the game. Can you still do this scaling thing? Absolutely. You can totally do this same scaling thing. And especially if you have a camera on yourself and your game, you can even do scaling between those two things. Um, if I were doing a, an outdoorsy style of channel, maybe I'm doing like a travel and I'm showing exotic locations. If I'm, I'm hoping I have like drone footage and all of that, but if there's parts where I am talking to the camera, still do it. I can still use that technique. If I have a gardening channel, same thing. So give it a go, give it a try, and I'm excited to hear how it works for you, as well as update uh, future lessons in the system with these types of uh, techniques and tricks. And I think that's all I have for you. Yeah, let me, let me check here. Yep, that is it. Go ahead and uh, start winning the YouTubes. See you next time. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but it's not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.